Badass Nation, and welcome to the Badass in Business Show, the show where we help you with your inner game and your outer game, teaching you how to own your inner badass and sharing strategies with you to badass your your business, or in other words, get badassified. This is Annette Piper, the Badass Business Chick, and your host for the Badass in Business Show. And I know that's a lot of badassery right there, and that's what we're all about. And I'm super stoked today we have John Klimshin on the call. So here's the rundown with him. John is the author of 12 books, has spoken across the globe, and is a fanatic for language. His latest passion is helping people understand that language at its core is music. Welcome to the show, John. Annette, I'm absolutely thrilled to be on your uh, podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Well, thanks so much. And tell us a little bit more about you, your life, your business, what you're passionate about. Uh, you know, something, why you were motivated, inspired to start your own business. Well, uh, there's a whole bunch to address there. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with the last question first. What inspired me to start my own business was a, a deep passion to help other people. And I realized that while I was a, an effective salesperson and a reasonably effective uh, sales manager, uh, my true gift and passion was training and coaching. And I had worked in the corporate world for many years uh, as a contributing salesperson. Uh, I started in the recruiting industry. I worked in tech. I worked in uh, a couple of in uh, mobile, which we now call uh, cellular. And I had arrived at a point in my life where I wanted to have, I really was driven by a passion to have more freedom. And uh, anyone that has either pursued freedom or made it a goal or fought for it knows what kind of a price you have to pay for it. And I have been blessed to uh, be self-employed for more than 20 years doing training and coaching, which led to me getting my first book published 16 years ago and just that just released a, an incredible um, uh, flow of creativity that led to other books. But what initially inspired me was I found that I was better at training and coaching than I was at, at actually doing the work. And I found that to kind of be ironic because being self-employed, all you do is sell. <laughs> You're constantly selling. And I, um, uh, on February 1st of 1999, I sat down and started cold calling to sell my concept, my seminar that was entitled Moving Conversations Forward. And I had uh, come up with that phrase in, in a moment of, of leadership and management in a, in a sales room, and I was talking to a salesperson, and he, he said, you know, I keep trying to push this person over the fence to try to get him to come on our side. And I said, you know what, we're not trying to push anybody to do anything. Our goal here every day is to move conversations forward. And in that moment, in that kind of, you know, uh, excited utterance, creative moment, response, I, I came up with a phrase that has served me and a lot of people that I've taught uh, for many years in that uh, if we can move conversations forward, we can be effective leaders, we can be effective parents, we can be effective salespeople, we can be effective C-suite executives, because moving a conversation forward is very different from driving, pushing, dragging, um, and, and the whole energy around it. 
is, is very different. You know, you, you mentioned an inner game and an outer game. The inner game to me is how do I craft language that will move things forward? The outer game is to be able to edit and clarify and live with precision of language so that I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish uh, with high integrity, with authenticity, and with transparency. I love it. I love it. Uh, and I, language and learning to craft your language is definitely an inner game. Uh, I know I've always taught that, and then the outer game is getting into action with that. And so I've studied a lot on on language uh, through my NLP training, hypnosis training, my degree in psychology, uh, as well as the bazillion books I've read. But I want to hear from you, what are the three key components to inspirational language? Three key components are, number one, it's not about you. So the challenge and the, the discipline is to begin as few sentences with the word I as possible. When we can focus on the other person and their future, now we've got an opportunity to start crafting inspirational language. Second, all inspirational language is about the future. While today is all we've got, today is the moment we must live in, today is the day for us to invest in our own future. And if we can invest in other people's future uh, through and with inspirational language, they tend to want to go on the journey with us. And third is it's about leaning into the long road. Whatever we're focusing on investing in today is about how we can build some sort of career, some sort of life plan or path so that we can go on that journey with as many people as possible and maintain that, that vision of the future that's not about us. Because to me, one of the greatest investments we can make is to give someone else our absolute undivided attention. And I know in your work, in, in NLP work and all the other stuff that you do, that you are effectively, you get up in the morning trying to figure out how to serve others. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? I think it really doesn't matter what career path you're on, whether you're uh, in a, a service-based business like we are in coaching and training or uh, whether you're manufacturing something, it's always about serving other people with whatever you're doing. And I think when people come from that space and are able to not only craft their outer language, but their inner language mm. as well. I worked in the semiconductor industry for 20 plus years. And in the manufacturing industry, it, it was backbiting doggy dog, especially on the manufacturing floor, because people, mm. they didn't see the value that they were creating for other people. It was all about go to work, get the job done, get your money, uh, don't step on my toes. Uh, you know, so mm. they, they couldn't see what the product was or how they were serving others with that product, whether it was people they were working for the next step in the process or whether it was the end user of that product. So I, I loved what you said there about it's not about you and uh, always coming from that place of service and bringing other people along with you yeah because when you bring other people along with you you receive more invitation 
And I, one of my big distinctions that I make with uh, groups of leaders is which are you more interested in, invitation or permission? If you think about it, the, the energy around an invitation is very different from the energy around us asking for permission. Because if we ask for permission, we're limiting the options and we're kind of positioning ourselves as subservient. We can be of service without being subservient. We can be on the same level with people and we can embody our own power by crafting language that will elicit invitations to continue. To go back to that, that phrase that I mentioned that I ended up trademarking, moving conversations forward. If you think about it, you know, your, your fascination with language, when you're in a conversation that has a flow, when the other person comes up with ideas, when you both feel as though you're co uh, collaborating and contributing, that you never want that conversation to end. Ooh, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. It's so true. So, John, you're, you're the author of 12 books. When mm. you write, what do you hope people will get out of your work? A, a, a sense of connection to the power of imagination. Uh, to me, uh, creativity is the ultimate connection to spirit. I have been a musician most of my natural life. And when I write, what I want people to get out of it is a, a picture of, of a future for themselves. When I write fiction, I, 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 I try to step outside of what is the, the traditional idea of the way to describe things or the way to move a plot forward. Um, one of my books that, that I'm proud of that have not that has not been published yet. Or, I mean, I self-published it, but it is an abstract fantasy novel. So I do not ever describe the physical attributes of the characters. I don't identify where they are or when they are. So the entire story is is brought forward through the dialogue between the characters. So what I want people to get out of my work, whether it's a business book, whether it's a, uh, a language uh, study and, and kind of treatise on the power of language, like my most recent book, Deeper Dialogue, I, I want people to walk away saying, that I'm thinking about things a little differently. Because, Annette, you know what it's like. You've seen it in people's faces. When you can open up someone, open up a window in someone's mind that they didn't know was there, You've seen that look of recognition and, and wonder on their faces. That's what I want people that I will never meet, never speak to. That's what I want them to get out of what I write. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I think that is the power um, that an author has to be able to um, impact people in a way that uh, – you know, where they can't see them face-to-face, -face, where they're never meeting them in person, that they mm -hmm. impact them uh, at some level without ever being able to visually see that impact. So I love yeah. that. Well, and I know we've touched on... Oh, go Sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, you and I have no, read books ahead. by people that we've never met. <laughs> we've read books by people that have been, you know, that have passed away some years ago, and their work stands. And, and that, that's, that's the goal, is that the, the work will pass the test of time. And uh, I've had 
I've had two books that are, you know, more than 10 years old that are, that still sell consistently. And that's just, that's just really gratifying. And, you know, we've touched on this a little bit already uh, about how language can uh, really help others as well as ourselves. But how can this inspirational language really make the world a better place? Well, it, it boils down to a couple of words, uh, not a couple, several words, and all of them begin with the prefix CO. When we connect with other people, that means that we are looking to communicate. And when we communicate, then we instantly begin to collaborate. And when we collaborate, that means that both of us or all three of us or all 17 of us are making a contribution. So all of those words begin with CO, which is the prefix that means more than one. We are not wired to go through this life alone. We are not wired to not leverage language. So when it boils down to communication, connection, collaboration, and contribution, that, that to me, if someone can bring that into their next meeting, their next pitch, their next uh, annual event, those words, how do we get people to connect, communicate, collaborate, and contribute? That, that, that accomplishes all of the goals that we discussed earlier. It's not about us. It, it doesn't, it's not our agenda. It is about inviting, getting invited to the next step. And the, the amazing power to me, the amazing power of language is that it's not about how many words you use. It's about how few words you can use to communicate your concept or idea. And I think that's very powerful. I know I can be a little wordy sometimes. And I think <laughs> being able to rein that in, right? Being able to rein that in so that what you say uh, has a greater impact because it's not all fluffed over with a bunch of non-essential language. I think that's very powerful, and I think that's what makes someone a powerful coach, I think, and able to inspire people, uh, a powerful author, a powerful speaker, to remove a lot of the fluff, to fluff and use that inspirational, impactful language as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And uh, I was this this whole concept that you and I have talked about prior to starting the recording and and through this interview was validated in a really interesting way a couple of years ago. My wife and I were watching Shark Tank. And anyone who started a business, I know they've watched it. And uh Mark Cuban who is a polarizing personality and it's not about this isn't about whether or not you like him. When, when, when you hear wisdom, you take it with you. And he, he was talking with someone, he was asking them questions, and when he would ask a question, there would be this lengthy answer. And his response was, I'm going to interrupt you, because here's the thing. The longer the backstory, the less viable the business. And I thought, <laughs> what a great way to – listen, what's your business? You've got to tell me in three sentences or less. Because anything longer, I number one, I don't remember the first couple of things you've said. Number two, I may waver in my attention. You may not be as fascinating to listen to as you think because you keep talking. If you couldn't get your point across and end or end with a question, 
Now you're going to engage people. And if you get people engaged and you focus them on connecting, communicating, uh, collaborating, and contributing, now all of a sudden you're, you're uh, an, uh, an orchestra leader as opposed to someone that is leaning in trying to impress your will on them. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And I, I love what Mark Cuban said there. It, um, it totally makes sense. And I, I do a lot of networking, uh, attend a lot of meetings, and it's crazy how much backstory people try and give in a 30-second elevator pitch. It's like you can't do backstory. <laughs> you can't yeah. do backstory. Or their seminar story. You go to a seminar, and their seminar story just goes on and on and on. It's like you got to nip that down and cut to the chase so that you can get to the content. It's it's like the person who is not good at telling jokes and they insist on telling them. And the reason they're not good at telling jokes is because they forget the order of how to set it up and then when to deliver the punchline. You know, like a a classic example is uh, Jerry Seinfeld. One of his, his, one of my favorite stand-up lines that he's ever delivered is a study came out recently and indicated that the number one fear in America is speaking in front of groups. Number two is death. And he pauses for a half second. He says, death is number two. That means that people at a funeral would rather be in the casket than up standing up in front of everyone delivering the eulogy. Yes. Well, I, yeah. apparently I didn't deliver that well because you didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I'm thinking of the next question I'm going to ask you. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. I get it. And, uh, and I've heard that before, so that's okay. probably why you lost me a little bit there. I've heard the Jerry Seinfeld thing as well. Yeah. Well, he so, delivers it better than yeah. I do, and that's why he plays Caesars every month, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. However, you get to deliver your expertise, and that's where people follow you, right? Hope so. Hope so. You know, every day I hope that's the case. I, I, I do not take what I do for granted. I don't take any kind of future opportunity for granted. I, um, I, I was raised in a, in a work hard, um, uh, work ethic mindset. Um, and um, it is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not entitlement wired. I think that uh, the, the, the reason I've been self-employed for 20 years is that I've worked hard in a focused way. I have served others, and I've uh, done everything I can to remind myself that while I have accomplished some things, um, it's it's not about what you've done; it's about what you're still capable of. You know, I'm, I uh, earlier this year celebrated a milestone birthday, and it was a um, a wake up call that said, "Okay, you're this you're this deep in. How much longer have you got, and what are you going to do with it?" I like that. I had a milestone birthday this year, too, and I kind of mm. went through some of those same questions myself. Beautiful. And so you've had a long career of being an entrepreneur. What advice would you give other entrepreneurs to help them achieve that same longevity? 
be completely emotionally and intellectually connected to your purpose for your business. And if the purpose for your business is to make money, it's not going to last long. That business has got to provide something of value. So be, con be deeply passionate and connected to your purpose. Once you can describe your purpose in three sentences or less, I'd prefer that you be able to do it in one, but I'll give you the room for three because not everyone is a mental editor. Know what your purpose is because once you understand and, and are committed to your purpose, you will gain clarity. And the clarity is, okay, I'm not going to do all of that stuff. That, I got to tell you, Annette, that it's so powerful to, to be able to peel off, to, to ignore all of the things that you're not going to do because we, we can be easily distracted. So once I have clarity, then it's time for me to do some planning. What will happen in the next 90 days, 120 days, 18 months? That's as far out as any entrepreneur should be thinking, 18 months out. You want to think 36 months? Cool. Let's get through the next two quarters so that we're focused on our 18-month goals and measurements, and that comes from planning. You know, Eisenhower said, a plan is useless. Planning is priceless because of what we go through in the, as you call it, the inner game. Because what happens when we start to plan? Well, I may not be able to do that. I'm not sure I want to do that. I don't know if that will ever happen. Okay, stop working against yourself. Plant a flag. Decide what it is that you want to do. Get connected to your purpose. Attain that, obtain that clarity. And then plan. And then you do the big thing. You execute. You, you are, uh, at a certain level, a mercenary that says, this business is here to serve others. I need to work, you know, the e-myth thing. I need to work both in the business and on the business. And if you don't have time on your calendar, predestined, pre-carved out every month to do work on your business, you will work in the business for the rest of your life. Exactly. And working in your businesses can be equated to another job. That's exactly right. And isn't that why we're, we're, we're not working for other people? Because we, we want to be able to, to attain that freedom, have that freedom. You know, uh, my wife and I took uh, Tuesday off of this week to go do something with our daughter-in-law. We have the freedom to do that. Uh, I can't take every Tuesday off because I will lose momentum. So um, I think one of the key requirements to being successful as self-employed or as an entrepreneur is discipline. And people, people think that discipline is the enemy of freedom. I am convinced that discipline is the key to freedom. I absolutely agree with that. That's wonderful. And so, John, you have a special offer for our listeners. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thank you for uh, reminding me. Yes, uh, for anyone that uh, is listening to this podcast, they can go to uh, the link that's in the show notes, and it will take them to the opportunity to download one free chapter from my latest audiobook. And this audiobook is called Deeper Dialogue, Conversations That Inspire. So this is a very specialized, very specific audience-designed uh, book. It's for people that want to relate to other human beings. So I'm not sure how big that universe is. I think that universe is huge. 
because I think <laughs> most of us want to relate to other human beings unless you're a hermit somewhere and want nothing to do with other people. Not only right. do we want to be able to uh, you know, relate to people more effectively, uh, it, it's mandatory in business and it's mandatory in, in any kind of job, really. I agree. Just a little bit of cool. you know, sarcasm there. <laughs> Absolutely. And I didn't catch that at first, but as I started speaking, I thought, oh, God, he's probably being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're thinking about Some, the next question because you got a show to run. Almost. Almost. Some days I'm a little slow, too. <laughs> Where can our listeners learn more about you and your company as well? You can visit klimshin.com. That's K-L-Y, M like Mary, S like Sam, H-Y-N like Nancy.com. Uh, very excited that we had a digital marketing team uh, earlier this year completely build a brand new website from the, the ground up, and I have a totally different view of the purpose and value of websites for people that do what I do now because they did a complete mind map of all of my content, all of the services that I offer, who I, I have served and who I should serve in the future. And the, the website is really a journey for people to learn about how I view language, how I view leadership, how I view selling, how I view life, and all of the resources between video programs, audio books, printed hard copy books, events where I speak, uh, private events that, that, that we do by invitation only. I mean, all this stuff uh, is, is now housed in a place where people can hopefully come up with one or two questions deep in that there's a, of course, there's a, a contact form on there. Uh, again, if for whatever reason the link doesn't work or they don't want to go through the show notes, if they want to visit clinchin.com, hit the contact link on the top right-hand corner and in their response to us, put in the badass podcast in the subject line, that will prompt us to go ahead and send them a link for the free chapter to the book as well. Wonderful. Perfect. Thank you so much. And it's been great having you on the Badass and Business Show today. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And listeners, John's info and links will be in the podcast notes. Remember to share the podcast with other badass business owners. You can check out my e-learning website at badassandbusinessacademy.com. And you can also find me at AnnettePiper.com. Remember to spell Piper, P-I-E, just like the yummy dessert. Share the podcast with other badass business owners, please, and go out and make it a badass day. Namaste. Namaste.